So uh, I think I did see a, the video of uh, him in a locker room, and I, I got mixed emotions about it because I think, like, uh, you can look at it from the standpoint of, like, you know, those kids got recruited by that last coaching staff, and now he gone. Now they're gone. Most of them are probably not going to come back. He's probably not going to keep them. He said he had his own staff, so those kids grew, like, a relationship with those, with that staff. And then he also told them they had to fight for their jobs, which, I mean, they do that every year anyways because college, you recruit new players every year. But still, it's like bitter pill swallow. But at the same time, it's like it's Deion Sanders. Like, the GOAT. Yeah, that does so much for your for your team and your school. Like you got Deion Sanders as your head coach. Yeah, I actually just saw a video. It was like I think it was Colorado versus Colorado State in basketball, and like they must have announced Deion was going to the game or something because the place was sold out, and like they announced him like coming out like but before the game started, and like everybody was going crazy, and like. We everybody knows that nobody would really care if it's just some other dude, but like that Dion, like people are going to basketball game just to see him, just to feel his energy. And honestly, it's kind of crazy because like, like we mentioned that video earlier. Like I watched that video and like it made me want to go work out, get get a pump in, make sure I'm doing everything the way I should, like at work, for school, like just everything. You just be so motivating. Yeah, I feel I felt that, like I mean now I'm an old man, but I feel like I wanted to like go lace them up, you know. I absolutely, man. And just, I don't know. Uh, something about him is about his energy. I think like like um, I know a lot of people in the black community have an issue with them leaving the HBCU, but it's like, man, I look at it from a positive standpoint. I think honestly. Uh, what he's doing as a as a head coach, like as a black head coach in college football, he's gonna give a better. He's getting a better chance, better facilities, more funding, and it's a shame that HBCUs aren't as funded as these Power Five schools. But like, hey, he's taking advantage of opportunity, and I think he can turn Colorado around in like three years. I think they'll, especially with the playoff expanding. I think three years they should be in the playoffs. Yeah, and um, kind of about that. I mean, if he he had an opportunity, he took it. I mean, he's he's got a he's got talent. He's got a. I mean, obviously, he's got enough money, but yeah. I mean, he wants to make make the most of everything. That's just 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 kind of guy he is, and he knows that. Like the unfortunate part of it, it's like at Jackson State, he can only do so much. Like, yeah, what what he go eleven hour, twelve and zero, and like, yeah, people talk about him. Yeah. yeah, people talk about him, but like. I don't know if he's getting that level of like coaching respect that he he should because obviously he he packed that place at Jackson State. I don't know how many millions of dollars he made for that school, but I know he made uh he probably that school probably made more than every other team in the SWAT yeah, combined. Or every just because school, of every school just because of one guy, one yeah. guy, yeah. So, yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't remember if it was just some random school out of, out of the SWAC. I'm not sure what it was. It might have been like Southern or something. I don't know. It was like their homecoming, and they mm-hmm. had Jackson State as their homecoming. And that place, 
I think I don't know if they said like half capacity the entire year. Yeah, I know. I, I know it's home. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know. I know that like obviously it's homecoming, so more people are going to go to the game. But that place was packed, and that place wasn't packed for for that school. It was that was packed because Dion was there, because Travis Hunter was there, because Shadur was there. It's like those guys are some ballers. I I definitely think he he's going to do like if you hear like. The players at Jackson State talk about how great he was. Like, he was only making, like, compared to other, like, people are saying, like, he's going to be making, like, $5 million at Colorado, but he was, like, making $400,000 at Jackson I, State. I think he, he was actually making two hundred fifty, and he was donating it all back to his staff. So they would actually be paid. Staff. Yeah, and then he also took, like, his own money out of his own pocket and funded, like, their locker room and upgraded their locker room, like, he got them new uniforms, like every, like they had the dopest uniforms in a swag because his, because of his connections. Like he got Under Armour to get them new um, uh, uniforms, helmets, cleats, all that. Then he got like Michael Strahan to donate, like get with somebody to get them suits so they can look good going to the games, like going to class. Like, so like no one wants to talk about that. They just want to look at it from the athletic standpoint. Like he legitimately was helping mold young men. So like, I think, He's gonna do great in Colorado. I just believe, like, like just watching that video, and I wasn't even in that room. I, it, it's infectious. It just makes it's you crazy. want to dominate whatever you're doing. And uh, and just ima- imagine being in that atmosphere every single day, every single workout, every single practice with him. That yeah. just be mind blowing. I think he's gonna be able to recruit like that. That leads us to the transfer portal. I think like if you're a, I think if you're a guy that's like in your junior year and you're like, man, like I was a four star, I was a five star and I'm sitting behind somebody, I'm not gonna get a shot. And you look at that roster in Colorado, like if Deion Sanders like comes calling, I'm going. Because like, if you look at, if you look at that, like I know there's like the transfer, transfer portal got like its pros and cons, but I definitely think it's, it's basically free agency, honestly, but like, I think you got to give it a shot. Like, I don't know, man. Nick Saban and Davo Sweeney and Kirby Smart got competition with recruiting now because you got a Hall of Famer walking into your your living room telling you, hey, I want you to come play for me. Like, it's Deion Sanders. They can't say yeah. that. Yeah. And the thing is, he's been in those guys' shoes, too. He's like, yeah. I don't know. That's just, I don't know how you could ever say no to Deion Sanders. I don't I, no man, and he can get you the NLI deals like, like I, I he think knows like, so many people, so many connections, man. Like, it's dope. I, I really think it's gonna be good. Um, honestly, I think it's gonna be good for the Pac-12 because the SEC and the Big Ten dominate college football, and and with USC and Oklahoma leaving, um, or USC and uh, UCLA. Yeah, the Pac-12, like, that just depletes that conference because only only team left is what, Oregon? Is Oregon, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how the Pac-12 can even exist after UC or USC and UCLA leave because obviously Colorado's going to be good now. That's a given. Yeah. But it's like, 
they didn't really have any like obviously they have Utah, they have Oregon, but it's like those other teams like I'm not because those games are always late too. It's like I'm not staying up nine thirty on a. No, no. I'm not staying up not till nine thirty, ten thirty, eleven thirty at night just to watch like mm-hmm. these teams play, like Oregon State versus. No, not happening. I really don't know how it's gonna work out, especially in the Big Ten, because like that's what I said when Rutgers and Penn State joined. Like that's the East Coast, and like it, it's a little different with Pennsylvania because like. It ain't that too – it's not too far from Indiana, which Indiana's not too far from Iowa, all that. But, like – Yeah, yeah, But, like, on the West Coast, you got, like, two teams from Southern California coming to play the Hawkeyes on a, I don't know, let's say a 7.30 game in the Midwest. Like, that's just going to kill those kids. Or if the Hawkeyes got to go – play UCLA or USC in California, that's just, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work logistically. And they're getting rid of the divisions, which is crazy to me, because I think the divisions would have worked better because you could have, I don't know. But it's wild. But it's all about money, though. Yeah, that's that's the worst part, but it's, it's the reason why they do it. And um, going off, like, the USC, UCLA, it's like, Obviously, for football, it's going to suck. Like, you're flying an extra two or three hours, at least. Yeah. Probably four. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's four or five-hour flight to L.A. I'm not really sure. But um, I'm at, think about, like, basketball. Like, oh, yeah. Those, those guys get, a couple, like, a couple games a week. Like, imagine – like, how do you do your schoolwork if you're you're flying for 10 hours in, in, in a 15, 16-hour span? It's like – that's horrible. I just like ruined like day yeah. or two because like I know like my family goes on spring break and we drive like fifteen hours to Southern Alabama. But guess what? That next day sucks ass. Even if it's just because it just sucks being in a car yeah. stuck yeah. in one spot for that long. I, I agree. I I wouldn't. I would hate it as a player, especially basketball. I mean, not even. Let's look at like baseball, like. Say, for instance, yeah. you got a double header and you got to play that team again, or you got like a tournament. Like, just imagine, like, in the summer, you got to go to that hot weather in California. The the heat, like, I just don't know how logistically how it's going to work because, especially basketball, we have the Big Ten tournament. You're telling me you want these USC, UCLA kids to come out. So they would have to basically leave a day early because they would need to come in, get into the hotels, wherever the tournament is going to be. And the Big Ten tournament is usually somewhere in, like, the Midwest, like Chicago, Indy, or something like that. So they would have to, like, come out here, come out Midwest a day or two early. So that means they probably miss school. They miss class those two days. And they would have to be out here depending on how far they go. Like, I don't know. I, I really think it's going to be odd. I think football, they could probably make it work just because of the fact that... It's football. It's football, right? Like, sorry, my lights are, like, on auto time, so they just go off. <laughs> you good. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's especially, like... Money. Yeah, it is about money, but it's, like, TV money. Because, like... How are these low, like low-funded programs? 
low-level sport programs, like, I mean, basketball is funded fine, but, like, baseball or, like, women's basketball, like, all this stuff, how are they going to, like, how is that cost-effective? I don't, I don't understand that. Because, like, I don't know. They don't make as much money as football. None of, no, no. no sport makes near as much money as football. So no. how is that going to transfer over to those other sports even being able to function at all? I think the biggest sport that's probably going to suffer is wrestling. Oh, yeah. Well, does yeah. the USC and UCLA wrestle? I don't think they're a wrestling team. Do I don't they? know if they wrestle. But I, don't I, think, I just I know like, the Big Ten has some of the best wrestling. And, it, like, Penn State and Iowa are always, like, top five every year. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I don't know. It, 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 I think, like, as a – obviously, as Big Ten guys, like, sure, it's great. It sounds great that we're having a super conference. But at the end of the day, you look at the logistics of it. And I think it's going to kill college football. Because you got two – like, with, with Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC – Yep. You got and and then obviously UCLA and USC going coming to the Big Ten. Those four schools are huge named schools. Huge named schools. So that means recruiting now changes to like basically two. Con- so all you have left basically is Clemson and the ACC, Florida State just because it's Florida State. And I then, wish Florida State was better, man. I love them Florida State. Yeah, Florida State. I mean, they haven't been good since James. So, and that's been a long time. So, I, I mean, you can't even think of any other school outside of that. I mean, you just got Clemson and the ACC, and then, I mean, Oregon is gonna be good in the pack because they should win it, obviously, because who else will be there? The pack is uh, horrible. Yeah, TCU's. They have good years, and then sometimes they have down years. So it's kind of weird. But yeah, um, I guess getting into some pros. What did you think about Baker last night? <laughs> I actually saw R.G. Griffin. Or, uh, one sec. Griffin. Or Robert Griffin III. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but he is hilarious. Yeah, I do. Yeah. He, he, t- he, he tells it how it is. and How would he say? I saw something from him that said, like, Baker's not going to go 98 yards or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went 98 yards. Yeah, he said this. He said Baker looks like a quarterback who has only had 48 hours to learn the offense. Like, he's basically saying that, yeah. like, he yeah. looks horrible. And then he posted this, like, meme of himself. I don't know if you can see it. It's him, like, <laughs> making a face. It was, like, right after he did it. Yeah. After the drive. That was awesome. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually happy for Baker because uh, I know, I mean, obviously, he's not as good as he's supposed to be. But I've always, he's always had passion, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the guy. He's not. He's not a superstar. He's not going to win you playoff games. But hey, he'll they'll beat the Raiders on a Thursday night when nobody's watching. <laughs> I, I think uh, he would be. That's how I put Baker like this. If I was playing with him, I think I'd love him. But, like, outside of that, he, he seems, like, annoying. You know what I mean? It's like one of those guys that's, like, so, yeah, so yeah, he's got to... yeah, so I think if he was my teammate, I'd love him. I, I, I think, like, I think out of all the stuff that goes on that's gone surrounding him, I think the one thing you haven't heard anyone say he was a bad teammate. Yeah. So, like, so like sure, he's, like, 
Cleveland said he was immature, but they go get a quarterback that, you know, got his yeah. suits. And then um, Carolina was just a bad team. Like, I don't really know. Oh, they're horrible. That's just a bad team. I don't really know. And let's, let's, let's be honest. I mean, what are the Browns on, like, one or two? They had, the Browns probably had four four wins in, like, the last – in the two years before total, like, before yeah. he got there. So, it's like – He resurrected that. Yeah. He resurrected them. He brought energy. I mean, no, he he didn't win him a Super Bowl. I don't even think he made, got it to a playoff game. I'm not sure. He did. He got it to the playoffs twice. He did? Okay. Yeah, he beat and like, I, I don't know if you remember this, but this was like when the Browns were like 0-15 or like close to going yeah. to feed it. Or did they go to feed it? No, they didn't. But they had like um, beer fridges left in the middle of the city, and they yeah. said they were going to unlock them once they won a football game. I remember yeah. they won a football game, and the whole city went crazy. And then it, it got to the point where Baker Mayfield won them eight or nine games a year, and they weren't happy yeah. with him. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy weird, how things man. change. It's crazy because, like, the the two years before they got him, it's funny we were just talking about RG. He was one. Of, he was their last like quarterback before they got Baker. Like, uh, he they were one and thirty one or something like that. Like they went, they had that. 0-16 season after that, the year they drafted him, and then they also had that year before that where they were like 1-15, which is like insane to me that an NFL team can go almost two years without winning a game. That's just wild to me when you got professionals on there. Like, you should never be that bad that <laughs> you basically go three NFL seasons without – that's crazy to me. I that think Baker – I didn't watch the. I was at work, obviously, so I didn't watch the first half. But and the second, and he struggled from like the little bit I did watch. But then, like, I don't know. I turned the game off, and then I don't know why the Raiders didn't go for it on fourth and one. I don't really get why they didn't do that. Like it was like midfield, so like I really don't know why you didn't do that. Just go for it. But you got Josh Jacobs, who's been balling this year. Just go for it. Oh, he's been balling. That's for sure. Yeah, and then uh, so I saw that, and then Baker got the ball. He marched them down. They scored. I was like, "Uh oh, this might be a game." Sixteen ten. I did not think he was gonna go ninety eight yards. I thought he was gonna like throw some pick or or get sacked or just yeah. play. They Blake were Baker. holding. <laughs> they were holding a lot though. Like oh, they Crosby were holding Crosby on every play. Yeah, they got so lucky. I was I was actually watching the game with uh, my brother, and he's like, we watch every single play that they show the replay. We're like. That's holding. <laughs> holding. Yeah, it was like three. It. it was like three or four times, like yeah. literally. And Chandler Jones on the same side, like it's just wild. Like it's this still. Someone put on Twitter like this still like, uh, still frame from a video of like basically Max Crosby. Both of his legs or both his knees are like in the turf, and he's got a lineman basically just choking him on the opposite side. He's like, yeah. oh. it's just wild. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's. I think uh, I think Baker may end up doing like I think I could see him going like the Geno Smith like type thing happening for him like he might not get a starting job next year but somebody might bring him in as a backup and then if something happens where like I don't know an injury happens or something like he might be a quarterback you pick up next year as a backup because you got maybe a young quarterback that you probably you know, it's going to start, or you got a veteran quarterback that really doesn't get hurt, you bring Baker in as a backup, and then something happens around the league, like the the 
I remember your Vikings did this with Teddy. Where like they traded him to the Jets or something like that. What was it the Saints that traded him to the Jets? Uh, we did not trade Teddy. Teddy got let or Teddy contract ran up. He ran out. He went to the. He got signed by the. So the Saints like picked him up and traded him to the Jets because their quarterback got hurt. So I think Baker might end up having something like that happen next year. Who knows? They might even bring him back in L.A. as a backup because I don't know. But it's weird. It was weird watching him have 17 on his jersey though. That was weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he proved exactly why he can be a good backup in this league because yeah. I mean, backup backups are meant to do what Nick Foles did when he was Super Bowl. They're meant to you know, keep in the playoff on yeah. and just win the win the games you should win. Yeah, I think he's a. I'm not the biggest Baker fan, but I think. When you look across the league, I think there's guys he definitely could start over. Um, and I think, honestly, he just got such a bad rap for what happened in Cleveland that, like, his reputation is shot. And that's probably what it basically yeah. was. Uh, I it think didn't speaking, help. No, it didn't. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you good. <laughs> All right. Speaking of trades, I think, like, I'm happy because my favorite teams are obviously the Steelers and the Colts, but, like, so I was excited that AJ Brown got traded. Um, but I'm gonna be honest as an unbiased fan, I'm gonna try to be unbiased here. It was stupid. Uh Tennessee basically traded him and then traded for a older coming off injury receiver in Robert Woods. Robert Woods was a beast in, in, in LA. I'm not gonna say he wasn't. But like he's like thirty something years old now, he's coming off of an ACL injury. And then you drafted the guy that you basically got the pick for, for A.J. Brown, and he has done nothing. He has done nothing. And you see A.J. Brown made that game personal against yeah. the Titans, and he got the gym fired. Like, I just think you're, you're a winning team. <laughs> you're a team that wins your division pretty much every year, the last at least the last three years. You've had a division on lock uh, pretty much since Deshaun got suspended. You've had that division on lock. And yeah. actually, honestly, it probably goes far back pretty much since Andrew Luck retired. They've pretty much been that team in that division. And you trade your best – like, outside of Derrick Henry, that is your best offensive player, and you trade him. Like, I, probably I really, second best player on the team. Second best player on the team, and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to get rid of him. Like, I don't really get what your logic was there because of a contract. Like, you pay that man whatever he's asking for. Because you see what he's doing in Philly. Like, he's making Jalen Hurts look like an MVP quarterback. On that note, though, the Vikings kind of had to do that same thing with Stephon Diggs because Diggs, like, he wanted out. And uh, obviously he got out after the Bills. Great situation. I'm actually – I still – Yeah, that that might be the best trade for both teams in the yeah. history of the NFL. And, uh, I mean, I was, I was always curious Stephon Diggs fan because I think he got drafted in the fourth or the fifth round. And, yeah, and he made the most of those opportunities. He's a really passionate player, and I still love watching yeah. this day. And geez, but yeah. I tell you what, the Vikings picked up right where they left off with Justin Jefferson, if not better. I think which Justin is also crazy. Be yeah, he's going to end up being better statistically than than Stefan. But Stefan is putting up crazy numbers in Buffalo. Stefan is doing what, like. AJ Brown's doing for Jalen Hurts what I think Stefan Diggs did for Josh Allen. Like 
I agree. Josh Allen was really Next good. Level. But, yeah, he was really good. But, like, once he got that number one, you can clearly see, like, it's like that security blanket. Like, Josh is like, I know for sure when I need it, I can go here. And he's going he's gonna to make a play. So, like, that's a different thing happening. And it's just weird to me that Stefan and Kirk never really – I think the issue was, is, like, you guys are – with Mike Zimmer – Dalvin Cook's a good back. He's a borderline great back. But I think Mike Zimmer is so like, I'm running the ball and I'm going to play hardcore defense. And I think that probably was the issue with Stefan. Like, he's like, I'm not going to get no touches because you're going to hand it to Dalvin. And then when you're not handing it to Dalvin, you're going to hand it to Madison. So it's like, if I do get a couple passes, I got to split them between, at the time, Carl Rudolph and Adam Thielen. So you yeah. know, and Adam Thielen's no slouch. He's not the same guy he was a few years ago, but still no slouch. So no, Adam Thielen was like top ten receiver probably in the league. I would, I mean, that's that's a little yeah. biased, I'd say, but probably about three or four years ago, he was right up there. And he's still a he's still a go to guy. He's not a he's not him. Yeah, he's like oh third down. He's good. Receiver. He's a possession. He, he's a he's, possession he, yeah. he's gonna catch. He's gonna catch the ball. He's gonna give you effort. I don't know. He's, I think he's a very unselfish player, which is always good to have on your team. That's why they keep – I think he's going to be a – he's one of those guys that becomes like a local – like obviously he's from Minnesota, so like that helps. But like he's a uh, – he's going to be like a Viking great in the sense of like – Everybody's going to know him. Everybody's everybody, going to like him. Everybody in Minnesota is just going to – you talk about Alan Thielen, he's going to be one of those guys. Like in, in Indy, we got a guy like that, uh, Bob Sanders. Like – like he had a short career because he was always injury prone, but oh. when he was but when he was on, yeah, no, he's an IO product. So like when he was on, I don't think he was like up there with Troy Polamalu and Air Reed at the time. Like those were probably the three safeties. And I know that's crazy to say, but like he did win a defensive player of the year, and that's how it is with Indy. Like anytime like people my age or like. um Maybe a little older. Talk about Bob Sanders. We probably talk about him in that same way. He's a he's a legend in Indiana. Uh, I guess I guess closing it out. Like, all right, what do you think about that 2021 QB draft class? I know it's early, but like so far, like uh, obviously, all eyes on Caleb Williams. I mean, I just think he has that it factor. Like, yeah. you never know what he's going to do next, and it could be crazy. And I don't know. I just – he just makes incredible throws. Like, I was just watching the game. I was like – like, play after play, I'm like, how did, like, he make that throw? And like, I remember the new thing is, like, all, like, get the arm angles and stuff. Yeah. Like, he was killing it. Like, I don't know. He's awesome. I think he he's my Heisman pick. I kind of would – I was on, honestly wanting Hendon Hooker to win it, but he got hurt. And then he had that horrible game against South Carolina. But, like, uh, I think Caleb Williams is going to be, like, the guy. Obviously, he's going number one. Num- he's going number one overall, like, barring, like, an injury or something like that. Like, he's a lot to go. He's going to be the first quarterback taken next year. But, like, like next year, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. Like, 2023. But, like. This class to me, this 2022 class to me is like kind of weird to me because like 
I think the best player, the best quarterback in that class, who could be the best quarterback in that class, is probably the worst quarterback right now. And I think that's uh, if he declares Anthony Richardson from Florida. Like he reminds me a lot of like he's a big dude. He reminds me of Cam. He just is not as polished as Cam was when he came out of college. Like Cam wasn't the most accurate quarterback, but like that dude had explosiveness. He had a cannon. And he was a difference maker. I think Anthony Richardson, if he goes to the right team, like somebody gets him in the third or fourth round who has a quarterback and he can sit for a few years, I think he'll be be nice. But this class, like Bryce Young to me is too small. Um, CJ Strauss, Ohio State quarterback, so you know how that goes. Um, <laughs> and and There's I love a lot of big names in this guy. It, Michael Penix Jr. too. Yeah. Will, and, Will Levis. I, I, he's intriguing to me because I haven't seen him play. Will like people say he's good, but I haven't like seen, haven't like looked at like any highlights or seen any games. Like, like obviously they're not on TV as the other guy as much as the other guys are. So like I've seen Hendon Hooker play, but everyone's talking about his age. So like, but then again, Brandon Wheaton got drafted at thirty. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think. Uh, this class right here is going to be a little weak compared to, like, man, last year's class was weak, too. Like, I think the only quarterback in that class is going to be good is Kenny Pickett. Um, and he hasn't done shit yet. And he, he hasn't looked great. And I haven't. we obviously haven't seen Desmond Ritter yet. And I saw enough from Malik Wolves to know he ain't ready yet. Um, I mean, because they didn't even throw when he was starting. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, – I think Caleb Williams is going to be a superstar, though. Yeah, I just – and, like, another thing, it's, like, people hate, like, oh, when athletes cry, or, oh, you're soft, whatever. But it's, like, I saw Max Duggan cry, and I saw Caleb Williams cry, and it's, like, dude, these guys care. Like, want, that's yeah. what you want. Like, you want people who care. You want people who are dedicated. And I think that's the most important position in the NFL – or in sports. Yeah. In sports. Yeah. I, and, uh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I just I'd love to see that. Uh, all right, so that that's it for us. Uh uh we're we're gonna try to make this a a weekly thing. Like I said early in the first episode, it's gonna be a rotation and we might not all four of us might not ever be on at the same time, but we might but we're gonna keep a rotation coming to you guys. So uh thanks for listening and uh I'll see you later.